Now we're pleased to be joined by Jason Caldwell inside the Auburn Tigers, 247 Sports, as uh, things get kicked off here on a Monday. Jason, it's it's odd to see all the Auburn beat up here on a Monday. Usually uh, on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursdays when we see everybody, but it's good to see you, man. How, how yeah, are things? Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, normally it's uh, everybody's packing up, getting ready to leave as Auburn's getting, uh, <laughs> as Auburn's getting done. And uh, today, you know, have a chance to, to be on a Tuesday, get some things going. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you know, these days can become tedious pretty quickly, and this one already on day one has a little bit. But obviously, you know, with Auburn going tomorrow, have a chance to uh, – we get a feel for Hugh Freeze, and, and, you know, the fortunate thing is we've had a chance to talk to him a good bit. And so we, we learned a lot about this team in the spring now is how does it come together in the fall, and I don't know that he'll have many answers until they uh, get on the field. And, uh, look, I mean, we've got so many new faces to talk about because there are 20-some-odd transfers on top of all the new uh, freshmen and that sort of thing. That's kind of the state of college football, especially when you're trying to rebuild as qu- quickly as Hugh Freeze is. What do you think of the job that he did do this offseason in accruing talent, not only from the high school ranks but from the portal? Yeah, I mean, I think – they did exactly what they had to do, first of all. Uh, this team was not going to have much of a chance to, to win many games unless they had done what they did. Um, so they were able to go out and, um, especially on the lines of scrimmage, those, those were an absolute must. They had to have, you know, offensive tackle. Dylan Wade, Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones at center were huge, and then defensive linemen just from a depth standpoint were big. So those were the pieces they had to have. Now they've added wide receivers. They've added tight end. Can you find now playmakers from those groups? Can you find guys that go out and make plays, do those things? So that, in the end, that's the ultimate thing. Um, do you have people that can go out and, and be game changers and do some of that stuff? So um, that's the next step for them. They've put themselves in a position from a depth standpoint to be able to compete. Um, that was the biggest issue they had coming in. Now they've addressed that issue. Now have you added difference makers, and, and that's what you won't find out until the season starts. Jason, when you look at you know Auburn coming tomorrow, Hugh Free is going to be in front of the SEC media as a whole for the first time since he was at Ole Miss. You know, every coach when they come up here, they, they it seems like there's a big question that everybody wants to know from. What do you, what do you think that is this year for Hugh Free? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been wondering, will it be more personal? Mm. Will it be more? How's the game changed since you coached in this league? Those kind of things. And you know, he has been at Liberty the last couple of years, and college football hasn't changed that much. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, probably how do you adapt and adjust with so many new faces? I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, TCU did it last year. We've seen people go and have success doing it. It's hard to do it. I mean, we've kind of gone through it. I think there's about 40. I think there's about 40 new faces between recruits and transfers. Um, and it's a new roster for him, period. And so you're, you're talking about everything being new. How do you adjust to it? How quickly can you get going? Obviously, you had spring practice. and. I think the TCU model will be a good question going, hey, what do you learn from watching them that it's, I guess that is possible. Maybe that's the biggest thing. Uh, talking about, uh, you know, questions that could be asked, do you, do you think that his past is still going to be asked? Oh, absolutely, uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody's over there. They're not well, over that yet. The, the the national side of things, right? Um, lots of people that are here will make for a good story to bring that back up again, to be quite honest. Right. We, we've addressed it. we talked to it. The people that cover Auburn have had a chance to do all those things. Right. From a national perspective and from other teams' perspectives, that's still going to be something that they're going to want to keep in the news, in my guess. So, I mean, I, yeah, I would imagine that right. will be a topic um, 
of discussion yeah. tomorrow a good bit. But it feels like that's a horse that has been beaten to death. It has. Uh, but, it has, but it's been more from, I guess, our perspective. Right. maybe. That, you know, and, and those folks wrote it, but they didn't write it having a chance to talk to him. They'll have that chance tomorrow in some form or fashion. So, yeah, no, I would expect that to once again be a topic of conversation tomorrow. Jason, when you look at the contingency that Hugh Freeze is bringing with him of the three players, you know, you, a lot of times you, you when you come to SEC Media Days, you're bringing your team leaders. Most of the time it's a starting quarterback, obviously. Auburn doesn't have a starting quarterback named right now, so you're not going to bring a quarterback. But what, what are your thoughts on this group of guys that uh, Hugh Freeze has selected to bring up here? Uh, to me, the first thing that jumps out to me is, is what they stand for. It, it, it shows me what he wants to build in a program. When you think about – First of all, Luke Deal, Cam Stutz, this is guy, you know, their third coaching staff. Those guys have been through the ringer. It hasn't been easy. They haven't been superstar guys, but they've been guys that have continued to work. And I think that's the thing that stands out about those two guys. Then Elijah McAllister is a guy that understands this league, but he's also come in and taken on a leadership role, um, even though he's only been on campus for six months. Um, he is a guy that pe- those people look up to, and, and um, I don't – you know, this will be the first time in a long time, I didn't, maybe in 24 years I've been doing this, that I don't think Auburn has any of the three guys that are coming here are going to be all SEC-type guys. That's just not who this guy is, and it may not be who this team is. And that may be as much of it as anything. Going, look, this is who we are. We're blue-collar, and you're bringing three really blue-collar players to, to the SEC media days. This is the last time, Jason, that we're going to have media days where we're doing in the predicted order of finish an east and west division. It's already hard enough to try and put together some of those middle of the divisions. Going to add two more teams to it and put them all together uh, in a pod next year. I I wonder with the last division or last year of the west and trying to sort out some of these big storylines because of the A&M drama over the, the last year or so, because of the drama with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and that sort of thing. And these are important games to figuring out the West standings, and I know year one shouldn't get the loftiest of expectations. There's some grace even in, in the sports world in year one if things don't go amazing. But these storylines, they kind of have to do a little bit with Auburn inherently because of the Kiffin stuff, but then also these are the direct competitors for trying to quickly climb the ladder back towards Alabama and LSU here in year one. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wrote this morning my thoughts on the SEC West and kind of the league in general, and the only team I feel fairly sure of that, that I know what we're going to get is, is Georgia. And even then, there's a quarterback question. Uh, I mean, I think they're good enough everywhere else that it's not going to matter. But, I mean, LSU has lots of guys back. But that's also a team that I saw lose four games last year. It's also a team that I saw Auburn, I thought, outplay for much of the game in Jordan-Hare Stadium last year. I think Jay Daniels had like 73 yards passing against Auburn last year. Um, so I have question marks about LSU. I have question marks about Alabama. What are they going to do at quarterback? They lost a ton of guys on defense. Offensive line is, is still a question mark. They're, you're right. Questions about everybody in this division, in my opinion. I think LSU is probably the most stable of the group. And so I, I picked LSU as the team that I would have to win this division. A&M could be 4-8. and eight. They could be 10-2. and two. I, I, I don't know which way they're going to go. I, I, again, I have huge questions about Ole Miss. Um, the way they finish, their schedule, difficulty. Um, quarterback. You look and go, hey, you have a returning starter at quarterback, but you bring in about 17 transfers to try to beat him out. I don't know how healthy that is. Mississippi State, I mean, everybody. I mean, you know, Auburn has those issues too. So I think it's – I think I know probably less about 
the league and teams than I ever have before because of all the new faces, because of everybody's involved. There's just so many, so many variables that um, we don't know, and that's why I, this is an Auburn team that I think has a chance to go out and go, hey, you win a couple of games, build a little momentum, um, find some things offensively, start to make some plays. Could be an 8-14. and 14. I mean, I, I think that could happen in, in heck. I mean, they, they had opportunities to be even that last year with everything that went on. And so, um, no, I think it's going to be a team that is competitive and going to have a chance against all those teams, yes. Last one for you before we let you go, Jason. Uh, we not gotten to talk to you in a, in a little while since the, uh, the so spring meetings and we're going to do the eight-game schedule for a year. So uh, losing the LSU game, if you're Auburn for that year, we know who knows what's going to happen, the rotation, once they figure out eight versus nine. Where are you? On, on if it should be eight versus nine, and then just a little bit about Auburn potentially losing, you know, some more games that meant a lot to the program for a long period of time. Yeah, you know what? Um, you, you, unfortunately, progress means some of those things go by the wayside. Um, Auburn-Florida was long a rivalry long before Auburn-LSU ever became one, and it went by the wayside. And you'll find different things. I think in this league now, the best thing is going to be flexibility because I, there's no way in a 16-team league you're just going to have to rotate, folks. You're going to lose a lot of rivalry games. I do think that nine is the answer. Um, you can keep three of those games, and you could keep Auburn-Alabama, Auburn-Georgia. Um, those are the two games I think that would be beneficial. But on the flip side, you know what? you got a 16-team league. Uh, if you're going to play eight games and balance it out, then rotate them all. Have at it. Um, I think right now the, the days of, oh, we've got to keep these rivalry games, all those things, yeah, you'd like to, but in the end it's, not, it's going to be impossible, but it's because of so many, so many new teams. Especially if this league gets any, any bigger than it already is going to be with 16. It's going to be hard if we ever get to the Super Conference we get up to 20 teams or that sort of thing. Jason Caldwell joining us today on Sports Call. Jason, time's greatly appreciated. What do you have in store for us uh, with Inside Auburn Tigers 247 yep, this week? Absolutely. You know, um, have, have wall-to-wall coverage next few days here and no books, things up already from today, so you can check that out. and um, you know, a, few, a few little feature story ideas and you still got recruiting going on. It's big. We get closer to Big Cat Weekend on the 29th, so all that there. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at ITATJs. Football is it's close. It's very close. It's right around the corner. Jason, appreciate the time today. Thanks, guys.